1: Yo, it is another edition of High Hopes, and for me, an exciting one is I've had to talk to Jack Fritz for the last few uh, episodes here. James Seltzer with you, as always, and I actually get to talk to my guy, Johnny Marks, today. Johnny, what's up, brother?
0: Yeah, I thought Jack was the producer of this <laughs> fine Yeah, he, he
1: worked his way in here a little too quickly. Yeah, like he? an
0: episode, all of a sudden he was doing it. I know!
1: But... It's like now he's the producer at nights at WIP. It's like, you and I have to slog our way through this business, and we work our way up, and Fritz walks in, and he's just like, eh, I'm going to get this job and do that, and I'll just talk all our, the time on Jack this Jack was our
0: intern in another radio place. <laughs> another world. Like- I won't say a year ago because it's more than that, but like yesterday, he was an intern. <laughs> and now all of a sudden, I, t- I tune in WIP Joe Gilio at nights and I hear Jack saying this and Jack saying that. But yeah, yeah, listen, I think we got a good thing going on here. And I know a lot of people uh, are happy to hear Phillies talk. Which and, is awesome. Yeah, because what else are you going to talk about right now in Philadelphia but the Eagles?
1: Yeah, well, I thought you were about to say the Phillies, and I was going to be like, damn right.
0: We're going to talk about the Philly. That's what this is for. This is for the Philly. Because, James, you and I, are, we're baseball lifers, man. And just because everything else is going on doesn't mean Gabe Kapler's down there talking to the media and
1: God knows what else is going on. I'm excited for this Philly season. Yeah, it's one of those things where both for you and I, baseball, our favorite sport, and we get to talk about it at like 1-1 million the amount we talk about football. So... Um, it, it's awesome. I, I enjoy the opportunity. Literally, everyone who listens to this, uh, I, I love you because you are a baseball fan like we are, and we we really appreciate it, John. A mm-hmm. lot to dive into. Uh, last time I spoke to you, a lot has happened since. I think the, fir- the last time we talked was right after the Carlos Santana signing, the Freddie Galvez trade that day. We did a emergency, John, where you were uh, basically talking through a tin can more or less and cursing at drivers Indeed. and all that good stuff. The horns was a nice touch. Uh, so uh, real quick, just, you know, we've kind of recapped the offseason enough here, but you and I haven't talked a ton about how it's shaped up since those moves, not necessarily in terms of what they've done, but we've heard a lot of stuff. I think, um, you know, kind of what's next. I-, I think we should start with, with the potential trades that have – could be made. We've heard a lot of talk. Obviously, there have been some some action in, in the majors over the last few days. Garrett Cole on the move to the Astros How about and that. It, well, and then Andrew McCutcheon traded the Giants. Obviously, Pittsburgh kind of cleaning house and and rebuilding a little bit there. But it seems like the halls they got back not nearly worth the guys they gave up. At least doesn't you know? it
0: seem like the Giants are in desperation mode to keep the winning going? That they're they're getting guys that are overpaid and have seen, not that Andrew McCutcheon is still not a good player, but he's making his salary based on what he did previously, not what he's what he's going to do going forward. Oh,
1: absolutely. And, and I don't know how many years he has left on the contract, but uh, I think that the Giants clearly you know, look, I mean, they won three titles in five years, and Obviously, none of us here in this town are very excited about a couple of them, but boy, you're not kidding. Oh my God. I <laughs> I, 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 will hate Cody Ross until the day I die. Never met the guy. I know nothing about him. He might be the best guy in the world. I hate him. Like, he is the worst person on the planet to well, me.
0: It does make a lot of sense for them because he's making, and I didn't see if Pittsburgh was adding salary to that, but he's making just under, he's making 14 and three quarters million. So that's not bad. And then he's a free agent. And honestly, for that's what I figured. I thought. Felt- yeah. Like, or Major League starter, that's what they make.
1: Well, and when you look at kind of the bones of their team, they have enough guys on the back end who you want to kind of can still make a run with the Bumgarner's, the Posies, guys who are still really good MLB players, but maybe you know heading towards the back end. At least you know Bumgarner's still pretty young, but a lot of miles on him. But yep. um, you know, I think you take a shot with those guys. You've got money invested in them. You can build around them. Plus, you know, they got a great manager. They got a great organization. As much as we hate them, they found a way to win with teams that I never. When thought the would win. when
0: the Phillies were done, the Phillies were done. This still has a chance based on how they how they win, but the comes yeah. are gone, and the guys that really got there, like you said, Madison Bumgarner is Madison Bumgarner. He's thrown a lot of innings for how old he is. Oh my he's god, he's had man. a lot of
1: postseason success. Yeah. Oh my. And he's one of those guys who I think has already through in the whatever he does, the rest of his career doesn't even matter. He's already in that, you know, Kurt Schilling and John Smoltz and uh, you know the guys you talk about. It were just the playoff. Dominant, Josh Beckett, the guys who just had another gear that they would reach. I mean, what Bumgarner did to win game seven, the you know, five and two thirds or whatever after pitching two days earlier was yeah. one of the most amazing things I've seen. But uh off topic, let's get back to the, the concept of I think there could be a Phillies trade on the, on the horizon. I mean, we've heard a lot about the name christian yelich i think you and i disagree on this i know it, we've discussed this somewhat slightly when you ran into the studio one time i was recording a pod recently with jack and said i don't want christian yelich do you still feel that way well and here's the thing
0: i it's not that I, it, when people hear me talk about christian yelich and i maybe go a little bit over the top saying that he's just an ordinary player he's not an ordinary player he's a good player I'm just not. I I'm not in the mode just of yet to go out and to give. The name of the game is all about how much you're giving up for him. So depending on what the package is would be depending on what I want him. He's a good player that has, an, has a has an undervalued contract. I mean he has a
1: he has a, a very team friendly contract. Me. I mean the numbers are in. What I would venture to say for his age and his production so far. Uh, I mean, you look at the number, 366 P 376, 369 the last three seasons. He's never hit below 282 in four and a half seasons in the majors. 21 and 18 homers the last couple of years. Shows a little pop. Twenty uh, Just turned 26 in December, so kind of entering that physical prime, 27, 28. He's going to
0: have four or five prime years yes. right now. And the now.
1: contract, next year, $7 nine point seven five the year after, so in his... Potentially, you know, 26, 27, 28 seasons, then the year after 12.5. In those three seasons, you could have a guy who is is worth significantly more than that, only goes up to 14, then a club option for 15. I mean, which is still a bargain. Venture to say one of the better contracts in baseball right now. Knowing in terms that. Of proven value at the major league level and years ahead.
0: Knowing that, what's it taking to get him?
1: Well, that's the point. And, and here's the thing I think it's a situation where. No one really knows because of the, the ownership situation and the way this Marlins team just seems to be willing to just kind of chop off assets. And granted, the thing with Yelich that makes it a, a harder to believe that you're going to get him for a steal is is this contract. You know, it's, it's not killing them to keep him there. But, right. But it does seem, I mean, that Stanton trade was a, a disaster for the Marlins. I, I, like... It is impossible to believe that that's all they got back from the Yankees, regardless of what Stanton's contract was,
0: but... Part of the problem was that he had him by the balls totally. because he had a no trade. Totally, it's why you don't give guys three hundred million dollars and yeah. no trade clauses. Yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, we'll give you three hundred million. We're not giving you a no trade a clause. Percent. Or you know what you can do? You can go somewhere else because I know at some point during that contract, I'm going to want to trade you.
1: Absolutely. Or get get rid of you one for way for whatever reason. Exactly. For whatever reason,
0: your team your team goes in in the in the crap hole, and now you're like, all right, well, it doesn't make sense to have a guy that's th- making thirty million dollars a year. It just doesn't make sense. So, that they didn't get anything because Stanton essentially was like, Yeah, I'm not going anywhere else. So, if you want to trade me, it was more important to them to get the contract off the book than anything else.
1: I agree. And Yelich, Yelich different, is not like that. Not like that, exactly. But having said that, it doesn't seem like there is a real you know, strong baseball mind in play in terms of managing their organization right now from a, you know, a roster perspective. You know, Derek Teter's right. kind of come in, and I know he's the face of this, even though he's kind of a, a very small percentage of the ownership group. But it, it does look like they're looking to to reshape the roster. Yelich has been in far too many rumors, both this offseason and during the season, to believe that he's not available at a price. And I, look, I think it's going to come down to what what clentac what can... Kind of piece together, but I mean, the Phillies do have the the surplus to trade for him in terms of especially outfield guys. I mean, uh-huh. if you're trading for Yelich, you've got Hoskins out there, Yelich out there, then essentially you've got you know Williams, Altair, and Odubel Herrera, who all could start for major league teams, and, uh-huh. and some would be good stars. So you do have assets to kind of flip for it, where it might be something that Miami might be willing to to be a little. So more what intrigued won't? About.
0: What won't? I'll just leave it like this. What wouldn't you trade? Well, I think you're you're
1: obviously not trading Sixto. You're not trading Kingery. I think those two immediately. And JP
0: is—he's a major leaguer now.
1: I'm not trading any major leaguers who aren't those two outfielders I I just mentioned. or those three. And even then, I'd prefer not to trade Odebel just because of the contract and because I think he's the best player of that group. I, I know Altair, LAC. I, if I can get a team who really likes Nick Williams, I think that's the direction I'm trying to go. I like Nick Williams. I don't think he's as good as he I like is, Nick Williams. I'd he's l- a good I, player. I'd
0: like to get something in return to trade him elsewhere. Absolutely. I, he's not a high on-base percentage guy. He actually showed more pop than I thought he would last year. Me too. He's still... He's still A young player, but I think what you see is what you're going to get with him, where he's going to get a lot of doubles, and he's going to hit his fair share of home runs, and he's going to strike out, and he's not going to have a high own-base percentage. He can be a valuable piece on a team, but he's certainly not an untouchable. And if you can get a guy that clearly is better and he's part of the package, you do it. A
1: hundred percent. And and that's what it comes down to. I mean, I think you'd have to give up one of the arms, whether it's a Cologne or a JoJo or something like that. You know, you're not trading Sixto. Look, they were talking about not trading Sixto for Machado. You're certainly not trading him for Yelich. For if you're not going to include one of those
0: top guys... You're going to have to give up six players, five or six players. You're going to gonna get have
1: them. to give up a surplus. I agree, and it's going to be more quantity over quality, which is what the Marlins have received in the packages they've they've well, traded guys for. For the you're most, you're
0: going to have to give them your quality things too, and don't right. think that well, you're going to say the, like, the, "Hey, I, ma- I don't
1: mean it." Yeah, I don't mean it in this. I'm saying like over over high high end quality. Uh, the, that's the beauty of this Philly system right now is that there is a, a lot of, of yeah, there's a lot of depth. So I do think that they are well positioned to make a move. Having said that, I, I think maybe the better argument and again i to state my stance all for trading for yellow he's a uh, elite center fielder uh, a terrific young hitter again he's just turned 26 uh, i'm big on the age 27 breakout um you know i think that that guys really hit their physical peak around then um, but i think it personally and maybe this is where you're coming from with your somewhat pessimism towards the yellow's trade I'd much rather see them go out and get a legit starter, uh, not Garrett Cole, but that type of trade where you're going to get a Chris Archer or a Marcus Stroman or someone who another team doesn't want to have to pay in a few years, uh, but right now is under a really good gun. I just
0: don't know where you are as a team right now. I don't know who, what young players you have, and what they're going to do, and, re- and, and so that's part of it. I'm almost not ready to make a make a major trade yet. I'd like to wait another year kind of see what else you have in the system and then pull the trigger. By the way, Sixto Sanchez, who nobody wants to to trade, Don Brown was the one guy that the Phillies didn't trade. Totally. He was he was their top prospect, and they got away with not trading him. He didn't pan out to be anything. In fact, all of those all of those guys that they traded between Cliff Lee and Roy Howdy in oh those God, trades, yeah.
1: only Carlos, Carlos Carrasco. The, yep. And it took him a couple years to uh, develop. Yeah, it took him like three or four years almost, really. And even then, he's had injury issues, but he's a really, really, he's really, really good.
0: good pitcher. He
1: knows how to Pitch. He's a terrific pitcher, and he's got
0: stuff. But what I'm saying is, and I don't know what's going on down in Marlins as as far as who's running the front office. Like you said, it just seems like it's chaos. Exactly,
1: but, and that take advantage. That's kind of my point. But go ahead.
0: If anybody with half of a brain down there and knowing the contractual situation with uh, with Yelich, if you're not saying, if you're not adding one of these four guys in the trade, I ain't doing it. And it's Hoskins, Kingery, Crawford, or Sixto. I'm not doing it. Right, in which case, if I'm the in which
1: case, right, and I wouldn't either. I, and I don't think they're going to. And that's fair, but they can hold them. And They can hold them because I'm not making that trade either. I think those are four guys, and obviously, I mean, Hoskins. We'll get to that in a minute because I, I do want to talk about the concept that the Phillies are making a very real, concerted effort to say, "Hey, guys." Reese Hoskins is the face of this team.
0: He's the, he, They're selling
1: them. There's, dude, there was an article on the Phillies' website called, like, the face of the Phillies or something. We'll get to that, though. But um, back to this concept. So, all right, so if you're not trading for, for a starter, if you're waiting, you're letting the market shake out, you're letting your players in the minors kind of figure it out and figure out really where they, they kind of stack up um, another year of development, all that type of stuff – you're going to need some free agent pitchers. I mean, you have to. Like this, who's who's? What's your starting, your starting rotation right now? Is Aaron it, it Nola? It can't be what I it was know. last
0: year. It can't. It can't I don't be know. What I mean, you
1: assume Iikov could be back. You assume maybe one of those guys, whether it's an Eflin or a Pavetta, or I mean, I think yeah, I like but that's Pavetta good, the most. That, that, then, that's my right. point, but that's point. a couple of those guys have to be the pitchers because there's nobody else. That's the point. You got nobody else. So so you're going to need free agents. There there are there are at, at least one. I would say probably minimum of two guys right now who are not on the Phillies who will be in the starting rotation come opening day. There have to be. Mm-hmm. So, especially with a lineup that, that can contend. You know, I mean, at least, you know, we're talking for fringes and wild card. You know, That's the lineup pretty, itself.
0: Pretty interesting because the the free agent pitching market has really taken time to develop.
1: Then no one signed. I right. Mean, once, the one, once
0: the first guy signs, then the other ones will fall into place. Yeah,
1: I think Darvish and Arietta Ari- and are really the two guys at the top of the market who everyone's waiting for to kind of sign and set the market. Um, and it's good. The longer it takes, the the more... We saw this with the power hitter market last offseason. Edwin Encarnacion wants to go back to Toronto. They He gives them their demands. They're like, nope. And they go sign Kendris Morales for nothing. Edwin waits, gets three for 60, which was way under market value from the Indians. And then everyone else, all those power hitters got nothing compared to what they expected. Some guys not even sign in, they'll spring training. It's very and odd. So I think we're starting to see a shift in the, in the way the free agent markets are playing out. This pitching market, very interesting uh, as a result. And again, I don't. Th- we, we've discussed, I don't think there's any chance the Phillies are in a Darvish. No. Arrieta is a name that we've heard linked to the Phillies here and there. I, I think we both kind of agree conceptually that n- not only won't they, but we don't want them to invest... A lot of dollars and years in a pitcher. What number slash like number of years are you okay with them making an area? To me?
0: If they did a three year, I could look at it and be like, yeah. Because even if he gets he gets hurt and misses a year, has it? Let's say year one is four ERA and he's fifteen and eleven and ha- has his moments, and then he gets hurt in the second year and he gets screwed. Then your final year of a contract after that, it's all about years. Cliff Lee being five years and a him having the injury percent. stuff. Killed him. If that's a four year contract, it's not even that big of a deal. I go three with our Ar- with with Arietta. You probably would have to give more money. I think there's more teams out there that are willing to go four I, or five. I totally agree I with you. Happens. And even
1: then, I think there's probably teams and I don't think I think that the Phillies would have to like him enough. And look, money really isn't an, an object in the sense of this team, obviously has so much of it, especially for the next few years. Oh yeah. Um so I don't think the the you know APV is going to be the issue with an Arietta deal. I just think there will be a team that will pay more, whether it's in years or dollars right um but I'm with you. I think a three year deal I'd give him three for sixty like that's fine i don't i i, I really, really liked Arietta uh two years ago, and last year I was certainly uh you know i think I think you start to see the wear and tear, especially for a guy who you know really rose up and kind of came he up did. late, you know that uh, was a former top prospect, bulked up like he's a couple huge. year run. Yeah.
0: And maybe the shoulder's feeling the effects of that.
1: Yeah, so I just worry about that, but he's a really talented pitcher, so I think the year is the key there. Let me fire some other names of guys out there. We'll start with the one name that I think is probably a cut above the rest in terms of Alex Cobb, also a name we've heard linked to the Phillies. Tommy John surgery a couple years ago, came back this past season. Pitch pretty well, but you know, like a Tommy John guy, velocity there, not the control. Uh, I Which think, is expected. Expected. I think there's a lot of upside with Cobb, but also a history of injuries. Where do you see on Alex Cobb?
0: I, I like him. I he do. I, it's it's not it's not the splash that it, I, I can't even say right now. The Phillies fans are looking for a splash because they're not ready for a splash splash yeah. just yet. Bryce Harper would be a splash. Manny Machado would be a splash. Any of the other big names that could go out there that could be a splash. They're not ready to do it, but it would help because you said. You can't, you can't have the pitching staff you had last year. You can't go with the Eikhoffs and the Pavettas and the Aaron Nolas. They need to take the next step. And I'm not saying they go out there and go all in and try to win 70 or 80 or 85 games, but you need to have innings. And you don't have guys that are ready to step up and do it. So Cobb makes a lot of sense because, let's face it, the price is going to be big for average players for $15 million players Oh my god, yeah. I mean, the price
1: people people are going to see the sticker price whatever it is and be like, "Whoa, no way, he's not worth that." But yeah, it's just the way it's what it they're is. Worth. It's what they're worth. It's I'm what in. they cost. I 100% agree with you. And look, I think you made a really good point there. I think that this team is very likely looking for guys in this free agent pitcher market that they feel can come in and contribute for a couple years. Get them through to when Sixto, Cologne, Romero—all these kids come up, and then obviously you're always, you know, implementing. A, yeah, there's a, a free agent pitching class, not that great next off season. No, uh, unless Kershaw somehow, you know, doesn't re-sign, which obviously would be not a, a Shock. He's gonna um, make forty a year, dude. Yeah, he's worth every penny. Yep. like it's insane. But um, all right, some other names out there because I I think Kaba cut above a few names that that are intriguing, but no one you're super excited about. Lance Lynn, a name that's been around a bit you know another guy coming off you know last season first back from Tommy John the year before kind of number
0: 3 starters are never going to be sexy Lance Lynn's never going to be a sexy name he's a good pitcher again he's going it, it all depends on the money and the years but some of these guys aren't going to have the market free agency you you mentioned it a little earlier free agency has changed mm-hmm. major league baseball free agency has changed quite a bit and Lance Lynn might not see the market that him and his agent originally thought Are the Phillies willing to give above and beyond on a shorter-term contract with more monies? More money, maybe is he willing to do a, a JJ reddick Colangelo deal, a
1: re- John? That and I think that we're going to start to see some of that type of stuff with the way these markets. I mean, Edwin Encarnacion that was similar to that. Similar, I mean, yep. he uh, an extra year, but he was looking for a five year, hundred and twenty million dollar deal, and he got three for sixty. I think you're starting to see. All right, well, we'll we'll give you the a little bit over the APV you're looking for or whatever, yeah, but yeah. we're only giving you two years yep. and and that's that. And you know, you pitch go back well, out, and then you're free agent again, and go back out and sign again. So. Uh, I think that could be really interesting, especially looking at that 2019 free agent pitching class where there are so many great hitters on the market. Might see some of these guys be like, you know, screw it. I'll sign a one-year, $17 million deal, and then I'll go back out and on I'll the wait. market and, and, and sign with someone. because
0: yeah, these agents know who, who has money to spend and who's going to have money to spend and what they're thinking about doing on the trade market, and... The Yankees somehow pick up a $30 million contract, and I know that the Marlins gave them a little bit of money, but they're still out there t- trying to
1: sign Darvish, and yep. they're doing
0: everything else. So, the teams have money, but some years they don't have money.
1: Yep. And you got, I mean, it's uh, keeping up with the Joneses thing and all that. You're never going to be able to do that with the Yankees. No That's the thing with the Yankees, is the Yankees might make a, a decision to not spend as much money, but the money's always there. And when every they time want it, they, they do that, they end up out. doing it anyway. Yeah, the scary thing now is that they also have prospects. They didn't trade them all away. They still got guys. You yes, know, they, they get do. Torres, and yes, uh, they do. Uh, so you yeah. know, whatever. Screw the Yankees. We're better. Exactly. Uh, we're, we're we're the real pinstripes team. Uh, all right. Before we move on, any names uh, uh, just of this kind of jumble of potential guys who are I think kind of all around the same ilk. Do any of these guys stand out as someone you'd be? maybe not willing to give more years to, but someone you're like, I'll give that guy extra money for a two-year deal because I I like him more than the the other slob available. All right, ready? Andrew Kashner, Derek Holland... Hi, May Garcia, who you know probably even doesn't belong in oh, this man. list. What I to mean, him? this is the type of guys that we're talking about. Injuries are an issue with him. Uh, Ricky Nalasco, talk about an innings eater. Yikes! No thank you. The, yeah, no thank you. But again, these are the type of names you're thinking about. Uh, 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 Chris Tillman is another name of a. T- I mean that Jason Vargas. Like that's that's the free agent class right now. That's why you think a trade maybe potentially is something they're looking to do. But um, of those names, at least for me, I think Andrew Kashner. And again, I I'm I, going to get
0: overpaid too. Yeah,
1: and I I hate pitchers who can't strike guys out. And Kashner has remade himself into a ground ball pitcher, a guy yes. who doesn't. He used to be a big time strikeout guy. Remade himself and uh, and isn't you know. It's working for him, but it scares me. If that makes any sense, I just I, in the history of baseball that that way of success doesn't have the same type of uh, of sample size of you know mm-hmm. like proven success as you know being able to strike guys out, make hitters swing and miss. Well, let,
0: let, let me mention a name. I don't know if we talked about him before on High Hopes, James, but uh, Charlie Morton.
1: I oh I, so, I miss, signed, is he a free? I, I thought he resigned. He's, he's not. Wow! So
0: it's a, he was on a two-year contract, but the Phillies signed up for eight million dollars in two thousand sixteen and a million-dollar buyout. Klentag was a little last out of the curve season.
1: with that one. He was
0: a year. He was a year too early.
1: If he didn't get hurt, who knows? He might not have been pitching in the World Series. Well, because
0: the Astros signed. You think about this. The Astros not only signed him coming off a year where he didn't pitch at all, really, really at all. They also gave him a two-year contract for $14 million. Now, I remember when they signed him, I laughed. And I said, like, you're giving $14 million to Charlie Morton? Like, you kidding me? Yeah, pretty nice contract. He ended up earning almost another $2 million in incentives. He signed for 2018 at $7 million. It's a bargain for what he is. Even if he's a 4 year pitcher,
1: which he's going to be around that, but you saw what you saw in the playoffs. I mean, that contract just paid, paid itself off 10 times over you, just with the Series. You pay series.
0: situational lefties $7 million yeah. these days.
1: Relievers. Yeah. I mean, someone with that upside, especially what Morton showed. I mean, it's why Clint signed him in the first place. What he showed. He's one of those guys where, and, and like, when you see real changes in pitchers is when you see guys completely change what they do and, like, have a completely different approach. Charlie Morton completely changed what he, do, what he did as a pitcher mm-hmm. and became a dominant ground ball pitcher and swing and miss stuff there, too, as you saw. Like, uh, yeah, I'm really bullish on that. That's a great call. I think we could see that type of contract, at least.
0: That, I mean, that, that's what... I mean, at this point, it's almost worth the fourteen million dollars if he never ends up producing. It's fourteen million dollars. that's just that's pocket money these exactly. days. Exactly. And again, in baseball
1: one two year deals. I, like take I, a couple my, shots. My I, I, I there is no such thing as a bad one year deal. I believe that to my core. Like I don't care if you pay a guy. He never gets on the field. He never gets See on the field. Whatever. See ya He's gone. You know they, there is so much uh, baseball waste, as it were. Like there is never a bad one year deal and, and a two year deal. It's it's hard to to give someone a bad two year deal too. I'm I'm with you. Especially again for a team that at least for the next few years while these guys are not, you know, the the young guys who are going to be the, f- you know, faces coming up of the franchise, um, you know, to have those guys on their rookie deals for a while before arbitration. Yeah. You know, this team has money to spend. They so do.
0: They do and They can miss a few
1: times if you hit
0: sometimes, you know? You're you're not you're not you're not I'm not going to say anywhere near close to win, but you're not ready to win right now. So Take a couple shots. Maybe they're just here for the interim. Maybe it it develops into a a longer-term situation. Who knows? But at this point... Matt Klentak has a bunch of darts, and he's got a dartboard with a lot of room on it.
1: It's exactly right. Like, Fire those darts, brother! Well, and that's the point, point. and that's what baseball is. You don't hit on everybody. You don't hit on most guys. It's a th- it's a game where the players themselves, the best ones, hit, succeed thirty percent of the time. The best hitters. You know, it's the same thing for GMS. Look at this Astros team. Look at the trade they made with the Phillies for for you know uh, um, the John Singleton trade. Everyone's like, oh, John Singleton and this guy and that guy. Those are going to be the stars of that generation. Was a single one of those guys on the World no, been, Series team. He's they been had, a
0: AAA for like three years in a row They had now. so
1: many prospects and so many hits, which is very similar to what the Phillies are doing here, that enough of those guys hit. I mean, you get a guy like Altuve, you pay $15,000 in, in Dominican, and all of a sudden, he's That's like how the you best win. player in baseball.
0: That's how you win. Um,
1: you take those shots, and enough of those darts hit. Um, all right, uh, before we get out of here, two more things I want to get into really quickly, yep. a- and I mentioned it before. One Phillies-related, one Major League Baseball-related. The Phillies thing. First and foremost, how do you feel about being told that Reese Hoskins is the face of your franchise? Wow.
0: Well, I'll, I'll <laughs> say this, and I, I don't want to. I almost got the Marlon Bird feeling. Remember when the Phillies had no prospects? No, I remember the Marlon Bird hype. Like, it, I remember it. Marlon Bird was their best minor league player who came up, and they marketed him in a similar fashion. Maybe not, because Hoskins actually has done it on the field for a short right. period of time. But they were acting like Marlon Byrd was the he was going to be their, their next franchise player. Now, Marlon actually ha- ended up having a good career. A really
1: good career, yes. But it
0: took leaving Philadelphia before he could do it, because he wasn't that player. He He mentally wasn't that player. He wasn't ready to even be close to that player. And the way that they're kind of parading around Reese Hoskins, and he's mature, he can handle the media stuff... As impressed as I was with him last year, and his patience at the plate and the on-base percentage that he's going to have, he's probably a 30-home-run guy when it's all said and done. 30-35, he's going to be a good player. Uh, but I, I I
1: noticed the same thing, James. I did, and I was kind of like, alright, I, yeah, I like Reese Hoskins, but... Yeah, but like, you know, Chill. For a second here, Phillies. Like, I love Reese Hoskins, and what he did last year was a blast. I mean, we haven't had that kind of electricity about baseball in this city in a while, man. Like, people wanted to go to games. People wanted to be down there and be a part of it because this guy was going to hit another home run tonight, you know? And, and pretty it, amazing. It was amazing, and and I think he is a really good hitter, and I think he's going to be a really good hitter. But I think—and I'm not— Look, I worry about the the potential pressure it puts on him, but it does seem like he is the type of kid who who has a really good head on his shoulders and a really good approach to both baseball and life, so I, I don't worry too much about that, but it just seems so forced, and it seems like... You know, uh, trying to to grab onto something and force something when you don't need to. Like the point is that Reese Hoskins is a is, could be a special player, but like there are also a lot of really other good potential special players on this team in this organization, and, and it's an awesome thing that's going to happen here. We believe, but it just it felt really forced to me.
0: Believe me, they'll trot those guys out too when when given an opportunity. Yeah, of course they you, will. you know what it feels like. Hugh Hoskins,
1: by the way, just got the uh, notification already on the Phillies Wall of Fame. So congratulations,
0: <laughs> oh, no doubt, no doubt. Just put him on. Wait, what year is it? 2018. <laughs> He's, all right, it, it's like it's like the when you when you haven't had a, like, a girlfriend for a while, and you have a, a couple girlfriends, but you really haven't had that girlfriend in a while, and then you meet the girl. And she's like super <laughs> out of your league hot. That's such like, a good analogy. Like she's not, she, she's hot. And you're like, wow, she's like, this is the hottest girlfriend I've had. And normally with a girlfriend, you take your time before you introduce them to the family and take them to see mom and dad. You know what I mean? Because it's been they And- this girl, two weeks into it, is at is is your parents' house. Oh, and you happen to stop by your uncle's uh, and your grandparents' yeah, house, too. That's you happen to stop that's by Reese. work.
1: And, oh, let me, yeah. Why don't you meet me at work? We'll go out right. from work. Yep. Th- I, that is such a perfect. You're exactly right. Yeah. Like, that's what it feels like. It yeah. feels like. It's a little too soon. Yeah, a little too soon. It's like, wow, he had the best you know month and yeah. a half we've had a rookie yeah. have forever. Let, let's go. Let's he go. He was great.
0: He was great. Problem is, they don't have anybody else to market on this team. Yeah,
1: exactly. Because, well, yeah. Uh, I mean,
0: Her- Herrera is a good player. A
1: really good player, but he's a yeah, there's a language barrier. And he's an and he's a knucklehead where I uh, it the stuff he does I it doesn't bother me one bit. Like flip your bat, do whatever you want. Like as long as you're respectful to like, you know, as long as you're not an a-hole to other players or whatever. No, his teammates like him. Exactly. They're frustrated with exactly. him. Exactly. But they like him. But, uh, like I don't get too worked up over that stuff, but I do think that, you know, as a if you're talking about a face of the franchise and stuff, in addition to the language thing, I think it's more that—because, I mean, baseball is such a—I mean, it, there are more players who speak Spanish than, than English right, these right. days. I think it's as much that, that that type of stuff does turn off a lot of fans. Whether, However I feel about it, the, I think there are a lot of fans and a lot of people who are like— Play the game the right way. Don't do that kind of stuff. So I do think from that perspective, Absolutely you know, it, it, it kind of prevents him from being that type of, of you know well, figure.
0: And The way I look at it with Phillies fans are the, the people that are paying attention right now to the, the media caravans they're doing, and they're going to the ballpark, and there's media availability. The people that are caring about that, the people that are going to events... They're going to go to your games and pay attention anyway. So yep. whether or not you're marketing Reese Hoskins to everybody, more or less, you you're you already have a built-in audience. They already love Reese Hoskins. They already love them. It's it, you need to win on the field, and you need to actually have have actual excitement on the field to yes. get the other fans, the 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 tier two fans coming in. And I think that they have a roster this year and going forward that 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 will afford them that opportunity. They're going to be fine. They just got to get there.
1: Yeah, I totally <laughs> agree. It also is one of those things too, though, where it's like. Next offseason, they go sign Bryce Harper, and it's like, oh, wait, he's, he's the face of the franchise now. Right, right, right. Yeah, whatever. Uh, real quick, before <laughs> we move off Hoskins, and this is something that Jack Fritz texted me, uh, we had to talk about, and I actually agree with him. That normally, I would just say, shut he up, He is Jack. the producer of the show, yeah. so I respect uh, him. Alien? Where do you come down on Alien being Reese Hoskins' nickname? I have a very strong, strong take on this. Um, how about no I hate it. It's an awful, awful nickname. It's so Jack likes it, it no, he hates it. He's, oh, okay, it. It's such a terrible nickname. like alien oh like it, it's it's so unoriginal. It's like oh he's an alien like really like that that's like, the not, best. Not and especially really. I think that when they're the greats, when they're the best, they don't need a nickname. His name is Rees, dude. Like, call him Rees. That is such a badass name to begin with. Like, why do I need something? R-H-Y-S. Like, yeah, like Carson Wentz. Are we ever going to need a nickname for Carson Wentz? No, he's Carson Wentz.
0: Well, that stupid Wentz wagon that I came up with. Well, that's it. H- that's how, a, long we ago. We can have,
1: like, Hoskins, uh, whatever. Hope, hope, no. The, the Hoskins hayride. Hoskins, nope.
0: No, but but you know, but the thing with a nickname is it has to be organic and it has to be natural, and you can't just force a nickname. Calling him the alien. At some point, something's going to develop, and we'll call him that, the alien.
1: Yeah, it's it's, oh, it's, so, it's so so forced. Again, speaking of force. Uh, all right, before we get out of here, uh, we got to touch on this uh, a right. little. Two things that uh, Major League Baseball, potentially some rule changes coming down the way. One looks imminent. Uh, we'll get to that first. The other one, I think, obviously uh, will take a little bit longer time, but there is apparently momentum and is a much bigger deal. But first, let's let let's touch on the one that, that seems absol- like it's absolutely going to happen, and that Rob Manfred is uh, is apparently on the verge of instituting a mandatory play clock that will actually be enforced for the pitchers, excuse me, a pitch clock. Uh, Mandatorily enforced, uh, apparently Ken Rosenthal on The Athletic broke the story saying uh, it will also limit mound visits as well for the 2018 season. Uh, And apparently he does believe that the union will agree to it.
0: Yeah. Here's what I say. whoop damn It'll, It'll help a little bit. What they need to do is they need to they need to, to widen the strike zone because the problem with games right now is that there's so many damn pitches and there's so many walks and there's so many strikeouts that you have long counts. And if you just—back the, when they had the National League and the American League umpires however many years ago before they combined them because it was so stupid to have two separate— the American League strike zone was big. It was a big oh, yeah, strike zone, course. and the National League strike zone was a, was a much smaller strike zone. Go to a bigger strike zone, have less walks, more strikeouts. Maybe even guys pick up the bat because people are trying to walk. Everybody's got to go on base a, percentage I not now.
1: A lot. That's an interesting one, and and I don't I don't hate it. I mean, there are a lot of other things you can do. I mean, we've talked before about you know, limiting the number of pitching changes you could do, especially in one inning. I think is something that would really up. I do like the concept of limiting mound visits. Enough with that. Like you'll need to go talk to your pitcher every every freaking time. I agree. Maybe. That that, like, that takes a lot
0: of time away,
1: and and t- keep the batters from stepping. Oh, they can't step out of the box. That—that's a rule now. I've never once seen a batter be forced to stay in the batter's box. Never. Like if you're really gonna do it, do it. Stuff like that. The, force is, rules on the book, right. The problem is that these the baseball players are so habit habitual, like, you know, and um superstitious and all that type of stuff where it's like like Nomar, like, what would that dude have done if he could glove, 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 like, uh, glove, glove. Uh, sorry, pitch whizzes is right by you. He's unfastening his glove, like <laughs> come on, right? Like, whoops. Sorry. Make things more
0: interesting. Guess That's I for missed sure.
1: that one. Um but again, you know what, I'm fine with forcing them to do it. Either way, I, I'm with you, I do think this is a bit of a um, a cosmetic change that won't and really the, do it. Time. And
0: James, there's only so much you can do. The game has changed, and the game has changed to where 30 years ago, starting pitchers were throwing seven or eight Absolutely. innings, or you had, they, they had closers, but they didn't, so now you have a yep. six-inning guy, yeah. a seven-inning guy, another like seven-inning seven guy, an eight-inning, eight-inning guy, your lefty that comes in, and then yep. you have your closer. That takes time. So yep. that, that's
1: adding a half hour to the game just with that stuff right it's, there. It's a great point. There's I so mean, much look, you can do. Exactly. And that's ultimately the, the point is it comes back to either like baseball or you don't. It's You can you do know? as
0: much as you want to try to modernize the game. The game is the game. And exactly. And you can't force it. Exactly. Be smart about it, but you can't force it. You can't turn it into rock and jock softball with a train going through the, totally the field. I totally
1: agree. All right. Bigger issue that is apparently gaining momentum. John Mozeliak, the uh, GM yeah. of the Cardinals, came out and said he thinks there's a, a real chance that they might institute the designated hitter in the National League. I'm guessing we're going to disagree about this. Where do you come down on it? Fundamentally, I'm against it.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's best for baseball going forward, but it also, in my opinion, would take away any kind of strategy. Not in my opinion, just a fact. It would take away strategy, and it would really take away fun for the people that actually love the game of baseball. So I'm against
1: it. See, I, I'm i totally for it. it. For a couple reasons one i get the strategy argument but like how many times do you see double switches that matter how many times do you see like real decisions to, to it's a great you know, point you know you see it in the playoffs for sure but like it does it's not something that impacts the game as much as people think it does or say it does and I, like if i love baseball why do i like watching a pitcher hit it is a guaranteed one one time every nine times through the, every time nine times through the lineup one of those guys is is not worth watching it's like it's like free well, throws in basketball. It's, it's like, good
0: to where you could have had. It's even worse than free throws. In and and this may be a, a poor example, but because the, the the Phillies never do well against the American League teams because they don't have a paid DH. The American League teams well, have the advantage why, yes. because they're paying a the DH fifteen exactly. million dollars. Exactly. And mean, the Phillies have a bench player playing.
1: Right. I mean, from a obvious, I think obviously from a a competitive. Standpoint, it is absurd, especially now that interleague play is such a massive part of the game. Like before, when they didn't play each other until the World Series. Like, all right, I get it at least somewhat. You play each other all year now. Like, you can't. Yeah. There's an interleague series every day. Like, how can you not like have the same rules for both these teams? It, it's a it's a competitive disadvantage. I, I every agree. Every single time they play, I
0: agree, and I take away the DH and the AL if I could.
1: I, I, look, I, here's my thing. I I am I think it's far more important to have. Both the same. To be synon- you know, to be yeah, no, either no. none or both. To be I would argue for the DH just because I want to see a better hitter it than I want to see pitchers hit. But I I'm, it's not something I'll die on a hill for like a lot of people, but I'm definitely more pro DH than well, anti-DH. It,
0: if they have the if they have the back O that's coming in to rip the pitcher out of there, I'm gonna chain myself to the pitcher I and like say, I'm, it. I'm going with you I right like there.
1: It. And I, then when like one of like uh when uh, Aaron Nola tears his ACL running out of uh, Stupid, meaningless double in, in uh, August or something. I'll be like, hey, John, how you feel about that?
0: Here's, and, and here's something else that, that you want to you shorten games up. Well, if, uh, if you have your pitcher that's due up second in the sixth inning... And he has two outs, and you're thinking about making a pitching change, but you know that you have the pitcher coming in. Forget about a double move. Are you keeping him in the game to try to pitch to one more batter and get out of the inning, so you can pinch hit him, or are you leaving him in there, right. or are you and making a double and switch? That's the
1: type of stuff where it with comes the American
0: League, you think there's pitching changes now, pitching changes now. You don't worry about that. You just yank him out of the game because you don't need to worry about the pinch right. hitter. No, it's, well, it's going to lengthen the
1: games. Well, that's fair. Again, I would go back to the limiting pitching changes. As a rule, to be with, especially in one inning and all that, regardless. But that's—I'm a baseball a nerd. For another I've day. always
0: resisted the the DH. Me, I uh, I yeah. hate it, and I always will. That's but because
1: because we're nationally guys, I used to hate it, and then going I to got happen. to a point where I was just like, you know what? I don't I don't know why I hate it. It was because it was ingrained in me. Because my dad was a Phillies guy, and he's we're we hate dinosaurs.
0: Be, because i because i'm i'm trying to guess what pitch they're throwing on a 1-0 with a, an open base You're or damn a, th- right a 3-1 and th- and you
1: know that's what, what I, I bet, do i bet you a lot of the people listening to because they love baseball just like that's
0: what, you know. what i'm doing you wonder what, like, my wife's be like what are you talking about i'm like nothing is he throwing a curveball here or what it's 3-1 oh he threw a fastball god damn it yeah
1: i love it i love it my wife is just uh, tunes it out and she yeah, just, she just, and she just thinks, yeah she's just like mm-hmm, sure um all right that's going to do it for for uh, this episode of I Hopes, we will be back High next week. Hopes Pod on Twitter yes, follow us follow us if you if you care about us at all and you know what even if you don't just follow us it's at I like hopes Mace pod Billy's. That's right All right so for John Marks for uh our producer Jack Fritz uh, the best Jack Fritz performance I would say so far right today that the, the as far as producing goes and you know kind of doing what he's supposed to. He's do. He's been
0: great and he can add that he can actually right now he can go ahead and, and, he and can post this He can for us. post it for us. we're ah, going home.
1: Yeah, buddy. All right, we will see you all later. We'll be back soon. Uh, see, you. have a good one.
2: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it.